September 25th, the new Fox Tuesday kicks off with New Girl's new season. Then, welcome Ben and Kate. Stay away from my sister before you find out what six years of Rob McGaugh feels like. Well, like, year and a half plus, like, four years on and off I was traveling. Followed by another all-new New Girl. What am I looking at here? Pure, unadulterated friendship. And the Mindy Project. <laughs> Can't believe you're tattling. Tattling is when a little girl does it, okay? When a hot woman does it, it's called whistleblowing. The new Fox Tuesday from your September 25th on Fox. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's L.A. Complex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's L.A. Complex After Show. What's up, what's up, guys? Bing is for doing, and we are here doing the final L.A. Complex After Show for this season, hopefully. Um, But we're super excited. I just got through watching both episodes for the first time because I didn't watch it live, unfortunately. But blown away. I'm blown away by what I just saw. And I'm sure we all had the same reaction, especially with the ending. Um, But as always, I'm your host, Emil Ennis Jr. And I'm joined here with my three amazing co-hosts and a special guest. But I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Kelly. I'm Miriam. And I'm Bam Erickson. And once again, we have the great Andre Fuller, who plays Caldrick King in the studio with us. I like that. I like that title. <laughs> the great Andre Fuller. I'm, I'm going to start introducing myself to people like that. How you doing? I'm the great Andre Fuller. You might as well. I mean, the way you portray your character in the show, I mean, you're a great actor. I, I, I appreciate that. Great that's, actor. That's, that's huge praise. And you're definitely one of the reasons why uh, the show has been getting so much credit and praise, even though the fans or... I guess it hasn't been getting as many views as we would like, but um, you're definitely one of the reasons why it grew in the numbers. And I want to highlight quickly, I read somewhere last week when Tariq came back, it was a series high. I didn't know that. I re- it was up to 800 and something thousand for uh, for that hour. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I, I tend to stray away from checking on the numbers. So I, so <laughs> well, I that can, was a good one, though. So I can keep my blood pressure down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been getting such amazing reviews from TV critics and all of that. So that's one thing that's really great because sometimes it's backwards. You know, the shows get tons of viewers, but they get slammed by the critics. And this is kind of the reverse of that, which is actually nice to see because they're taking it for the art and the great storylines and the writing that it really is yeah. and the acting from all of you guys. I yeah. mean, there's some, you know, aside from you, there's some other great characters and you guys just really, you know, hold that show together and, you know, make us want to go back and see more and more and more, especially after this. We have to have a season three. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's no way that they're going to leave us with just this. Absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, 
you know, I, I, I tip my cap, my cap to the rest of my cast and the directors and producers and writers, of course. I'm just, I'm just a piece of the puzzle. You know, it's, it's not just Andre Fuller, who's a standout actor. When you watch the show, yeah. it's just phenomenal acting across the board, even from, like, just the guest, the guest stars all the way to the series regulars. We, we all do a phenomenal job. So it's, it's kudos to, to, to the rest of my cast. Yeah, I know. It's great. And I mean, and that's, you know, that brings us to some of the newer characters that we weren't necessarily in love with when they first, you know, came in, uh, you know, because, you know, we fell in love with, the, you right. know, you guys. So right. when, we, you know, people were stealing the sun, you know, the shine away from you, we're getting kind of mad, I understand. you know, so, you know, like Simon and Beth. Ugh. Oh, Simon and Wait, Beth. No, 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 no. You don't have to make that noise anymore because they, <laughs> after last week's episode, I told you I teared up. They grew on me. I yes. want to tell you, honestly, Beth's character, I think she did, well, the, you know, I I think she did a phenomenal job this episode, really showing her pain, the things that she went through. And I mean, it could have gone a little cheesier way and she didn't do that. And I, I, you know, I, she had, it hasn't been my favorite, but she really, I think, stepped it up in this episode and was great, you know, with, you know, losing her brother, the struggle, you know, of all that that they were going through. I thought it was great. So kudos to her. I will agree. I thought thought she did really good. And I, and I, and I was able to understand where she was coming from because, you know, like, like Beth said um, she the dad just left mm-hmm. left him in the car in the parking lot with uh, $20 and a box of cereal and then you just leave and you just desert, you just desert them and then she's stuck to have to fend for you know her and her little brother for, for six months and then you just want to show up like everything is cool and just like the dad's whole demeanor like he was a total ass so I totally understand where she was coming from and I liked her more than I normally did right well I liked her character in this episode and even though what what his with her what her dad did ultimately the underlying issue was the fact that they didn't know how to deal with the loss of the mother mm-hmm. and so he didn't handle it very well i mean luckily in the scenario he was only gone for 6 months he had 6 months to get it together it's not like he disappeared for you know 20 30 years right. and then decided to be like hey i want to be a part of your life which we've seen with your storyline it's like you have been part of my life for a long time right. so i i can understand why, you know, he went, he got his head twisted on properly, he went out there, he got a job, and he's like, now it's time for me to man up and handle my family. But he should have manned up and said something six months ago, like, okay, something's not going right, you just don't leave your... I mean, it's one thing. Beth is a little bit older, so she would be able to understand, hey, things are not going well. I'm going to need you to look after you and your brother for a while, and I'm going to get myself to. He could have said something. Just don't leave him in a. In I mean, a, he okay, dumped him in a yeah. parking lot, like went yeah. in the store and like never came back. So he, Wait in the car. See you later. He made a bad decision, but I do applaud him because I understand where he was coming from as far as with, you know, with Beth. He clearly almost lost the relationship with her. He was saying, you know, I still have a chance from with my son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My son's still this young little boy, and I was only gone for six months. Yes, I did this bad thing, but he doesn't necessarily understand how bad it was because you were there to take care of him. Right. And then just even how he went about it um, last week when when they were um, when he kept wanting to take the boy to go do things. Oh, one audition's not one audition's not going to kill. Let's go to the park. Let's do this. Like you can you can see that he had ulterior motives. He wanted to take the son back, and just even the way that he did it was just really dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so and I can't believe back. I'm actually defending <laughs> Beth. <laughs> but you know what? I, a lot of people uh, I I know a lot of people shared the same sentiments um, uh, of not being too fond of of Beth and Simon's characters to start off with. However, I would say in their defense, as we all know, we live here in, in, in Los Angeles and in Hollywood. It's not just about adult actors, adult actresses. 
there's millions of kids. Right. So I thought it was a great idea for our show to show what happens for kid actors. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that offered. I mean, besides the, the storyline that we're discussing now about the father abandoning them and coming back and trying to basically pull rank and take the kids back, but we got to peek into the livelihood of child actors, and mm-hmm. that's that's to me that's a fascinating world because. You have to juggle school and tutoring and, you know, the parents have jobs or they don't have jobs. So if your kid doesn't book any work, do you not have money because you're not employed? Did we ever figure out this time and go to school? I was going to say, Simon never went to school. So was season two the summertime? And so maybe he was in... Not yeah, it was it was summer. It was okay. So was that will explain time. why he never went to school. But you're right because we got to see some stage moms. Mm-hmm. We you know got to see like how the producers interact with the parents by sending them home from in the one episode. So as the storyline started to develop, then I started to see how it fit in because no, she didn't necessarily fit with everyone else, but it still showed the struggles of being in Los Angeles from a different side. Right. So it did ultimately fit with the whole thing. I always had your back, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Always had your back. Well, now we see that she's going to go to the UConn to continue her college career. Um, well, I like that. Or that, start, I should say. Well, it's it's time for her to start her own life, which is really nice. And if it wasn't for Cameron coming into the picture and being supportive there, pushing her to take her SATs, her scoring really high on them. Um, Everything happens for a reason. And the fact that the dad came back, now she gets to live her life. She's 18 years old. She has no business being with a 10-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. No business. Like, be 18, go to school, have fun, be crazy, go sit outside with the band Do and rock out. a sex tape in the library. And what's really interesting was that there was a couple times where she actually had, you know, when, um, when he went on that audition where he was gone all that time, you know, she got it in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> she, needs, she has more time to get it in. There shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be. Uh, she did a few times. Yeah. Well, she didn't have, well, now she doesn't have to do it so quick. She can pace things out right. and enjoy life. And, and so as, yeah. as unfortunate as the situation was or is, it actually is going to work out in her favor. And so for that, I'm very happy for her. Well, for let's, sure. Let's talk about uh, Nick and Sabrina. Oh, which I love the them. couple I've grown to love. Um, but I love them. I mean, he is. He, I mean, they they feed off of each other, and it's sweet. Well, we started this episode where Nick was telling her that he had this gig to go to, and it's a you know this party with all these big wigs and stuff. <laughs> and then we get there and we see he's in a bunny costume. What was his name? Um, Barnsworth P. Bunnington. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he got paid $500 for the gig, which I was like, I would do that on the weekend for some extra money. I'm just um, let's talk about his act that he was going to use in front of 12-year-old children. <laughs> okay, okay. Choking out. So he didn't have the material prepared. But what I liked was after he adjusted his jokes for that audience, he then brought in some of his older material that we thought was really corny at first. But it worked for that particular audience, like uh, the paper bag routine. Oh, yeah. But it was funny in that context. So I really liked how he recycled that material. Of all my bags, <laughs> my favorite bag, and the other bags know that it's my favorite bag. <laughs> he ain't even scared. I love that. I'll tell you guys the secret about that scene after after the show. I can't tell you on camera. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, that for the after, after show. Yeah, for the after, after the buzz. <laughs> but what I, what I really liked about um, the growth of his character is how he was, uh, how he was able to adapt to his environment. Mm-hmm. He saw that there was a bunch of teenage girls. You mentioned Justin Bieber and you mentioned Taylor Lautner and that's pretty much all you need. And so he was able to adjust to his environment. So you can see that he's grown as a comedian. Although mm-hmm. although he didn't, you know, do what um do what um 
what Beth had said about, you know, making sure that you go and do your stand up every day. Um, he's still grown. He he still he still grew as a comedian because he was able to adapt so quickly. Right. And but one of the things is if we go to their relationship, though, Nick and Sabrina, mm. like you were talking about, they support each other all the time. And so it's nice to see them support each other with this particular situation where Sabrina had the audition for the Will Arnett thing and she was waiting for the call back. Then she gets the call back. She finds out that she has the job. And then we have this whole thing where they're arguing, trying to figure out. Oh, no, they had the cute little thing trying to figure out the long distance thing. But when they had the argument and she was saying, you know, you can't come with me, she said an important thing. I think a lot of people don't realize out here when she's talking about the grind yes. and she said, you don't grind hard enough. And she wasn't talking about sexually. She was talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but she was talking about as far as her career or his just career Just to goes. be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. Wrong characters. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about Abby, but, um, but she was saying you don't grind hard enough. And that's the truth out here. If you really are trying to make it in your particular profession, especially in certain professions like comedy, you have to be at it every single night it's not something that you can do in the passing Mm-mm. and that's so true you can't so just true. do it on weekends so yeah. true. no it's interesting when when sh- that was probably one of one of my favorite highlights of this these episodes aside from the other storylines but like when she broke it down like that it almost made me remember, like, oh, snap, I am not here to be dating anybody. <laughs> I'm here to pursue a career in XYZ. Time to get busy, get back on track. Sometimes yeah. you need somebody to kind of throw you back into that focus. And with her, she constantly does that with him, which is why he's able to grow as a comedian, which is why he's able to adapt, because he's been thrown into these situations, and she's made it absolutely difficult for him to not step up. She's forced him to step up. Right. And so for her to sit there and say all of that to him, I love that. I mean, yeah, it, Alicia's theory sounded great in theory, like move there to, you know, move to mm-hmm. New Orleans for 10 months and you don't have a job and what do you have to lose? You know, you have a lot right. to lose. And before I was going to say the one line he said, I'm young, unemployed. I have nothing like, no, no, yeah. no, buddy. This is your time to sexy. focus. <laughs> Beth, Beth's, Beth's character um, the past couple of weeks, she really just... Um, oh, you mean Sabrina? Sabrina. Sabrina. <laughs> oh, you love Beth. You love her. You're thinking about her. Well, Sabrina's character for the past couple of weeks has kind of annoyed me because I felt that once, um, once Nick's became more successful she seemed to be a little bit more bitter and mm-hmm. she seemed uh she seemed to be a little more um not supportive in, in so many ways and she kind of was a brat yeah but once she made once she made that the speech in regards to you know you need to be on your grind at first i thought when she was making a speech that was just her way of basically saying you know screw you i'm about to do my thing and don't come with me but it was until she said that you know let's you need to be on your grind she kind of she kind of cleared it up because otherwise i would have thought that she was just being selfish i know i heard you sitting behind me talking smack (laughs) well it's not so much that she's even being her character was never selfish i think uh, that the fact that here nick comes in is totally lazy about things doesn't know what he's doing and she knows about the grind she's been in LA lying to her parents for two years doing money. the grind $80,000 <laughs> right. you know she's been grinding and grinding here Nick comes along steals her materials she's pissed off about that steps up and almost gets the same job that she's up for yeah of course she was a bitter you know biatch because she had every reason to be he yeah. has no I, he had no clue until she spelt it out to him and you know the whole condom sitting on the but he loved <laughs> oh the condom thing okay and that was another reason because it seemed like she was it seemed like she was starting um 
you know, sometimes when girls, they want to purposely start arguments to get guys going. She bought them. A- They're hers. Yeah. No, uh-uh. What? what? Throw them out. Throw, throw them away. Throw them out. She-, <laughs> she spent money on them. She doesn't make that much right now. She didn't have a job. She's going to take what's hers. Typical, She's running out of money. Typical girl. <laughs> defend her. But, you know, like he said... If he would have kept the condoms, you guys would have had a complete hissy fit. Well, they should have just thrown them out, like you said, throw them in the pool. Uh, why is he looking through her bag? Let's be real about the situation. <laughs> the suitcase was open. Let's be so? real about it. Condoms, uh, what you can get, like a 32 pack for 12 bucks. <laughs> right. So whether you take the condoms or not take the condoms, it's not going to deter the fact that if he's going to move on or if she's going right. to move on. Uh, come on. Well, speaking of moving on, he didn't move on because he's going to LAX. No, no. So you ah, what I miss? You didn't pay attention. Well, uh, what I miss? So in 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 that whole scene where there's three cabs being called, yeah. One person was going to LA. Oh, he went to the comedy club. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. I thought you figured. Okay. When I was watching it, because they were doing so much at the end, I was, was trying to comprehend it all. Yeah. I thought it was like a flashback or something. No, no. It was the illusion okay. that he was going to go. Okay. That he was going to go. But oh, it Abby, was Abby. Because uh, Abby yeah, showed up. That leads, that leads yeah, right, us right into. into the, I'm embarrassed to say that at the beginning when we first started doing this after show. I said I most identified with Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, you know, she's a struggling person. She just moved here. Like, all this. I completely want to disassociate myself with her because Abby is this naive, just confused girl who has a lot going on up here. And it's not good things. It's just not good things. But, I mean, um, obviously, I was in love with... Uh, with Cassie still from Degrassi. And that's I, what it was. Yeah, and that's I think that's that's what did it for me. But as far as her character goes, I'm still confused about this Abby Gray situation because she fell for him so fast. But she's she's fell for everybody on the show. That she's a she's a you can look at it one way. She's a she's a, a hopeless romantic. Slut. Or <laughs> that could be another way. Or perhaps she's just looking for love in all the wrong places. All the wrong places <laughs> on the rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the first episode where she's like buying the morning after. <laughs> And it just was downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, but with, with this whole thing, you know, in this episode or within the out combined two episodes as one finale, you know, she loses her agent, Ron, which granted, he wasn't that great of an agent anyway. Well, I mean, he had a valid point. He has definitely a future selling mattresses. And he does Everybody needs people. a mattress. When he said that, I was like, damn, that's, that's real talk. Everybody doesn't need an agent. Everybody needs a mattress. That's very true. Um, but he got her the audition for this commercial, and apparently the audition was for Ethnic Girl. Was that right? It was either uh, one girl, like, it was like Beautiful Girl or Ethnic Friend. Oh, yeah. We'll ethnic take friend. you as the Ethnic <laughs> Friend. Yeah. And it was kind of, when she went to the audition, and she kind of got upset because they said, follow the pin, and she was like, okay, that's it. I don't need to read the sides or anything. It's a commercial. Girl. It's a commercial, but also, she doesn't understand her place. Like, you don't have any any power in this situation. And you're not really in the right to say anything in that situation. I understand she wants to. It goes back to when she was on Saving Saving Grace, when she said something to Alan Thicke's character, and she didn't. She just ruined everything. Her mouth gets her in trouble. Yes, all the time. And but also that was really real because sometimes I mean that's how harsh it can be. She walks in a room, they don't like the way you look. Get out. We're, we don't have time to explain to you anything. If you're not right, you're not right. That's just kind of how it goes. It's not. We're not here worrying about your feelings because it's not personal. personal. No, it's yeah. a real scenario. Mm-hmm. It's it's real time. I mean, as as people in the entertainment industry in this room, we've all been at that audition where it's like you sit and there's like 
at least 50 people that you're seeing, they're seeing probably three times the amount of that. They're exhausted, they're cranky, and they don't want to waste their time. And and that's something that's to be said about the entertainment industry and how this show portrays it in its very most real way. And then afterwards, if you guys noticed, he was like 5'7", really, because he felt like it was a waste of his time. She wasn't even the right fit for that part. So... Yeah, it's like bye. Thank you. Can't you can't flub on your on your resumes. <laughs> In what world are you five seven? Right. So her career is failing, but let's talk about every day. Every day. I'm actually six six two and a half, <laughs> according to my headshot. Nice. <laughs> but let's talk about Abby and Gray. Yes. The Zach Morris lookalike. So with this, they got married, and then they got it annulled. And then they got back together so you could get a green card? Was that right? Well, no. Well, with the, idea, the, idea, the situation was... She's they were, acting like she's in love. She they were a green in card. Col- well, no. I mean, she liked him and missed him, you know, two episodes ago. Four yeah. or three episodes ago. Right after they met. And it's she just is one to fall really hard really quickly. And so the whole progression of everything moving as fast as it did. I'm not surprised by it, honestly. Well, and he was moving just as fast as she was. And honestly, she's the one that kind of put on the brakes and wanted to rethink things. And then they go through the whole... And and where does he get all this money? He's in the service. And you're in the the military. They get paid pretty nicely. So he's $500 for an annulment, however much $100 for the wedding. And like all of this, like, bam, bam, bam. The hotel room, like, all that. In the annulment scene, it was funny how she, like, reached for her purse. (laughs) Like she she was going to do anything. She's like, do you want me to? <laughs> Am I supposed to contribute? That's in good form, and that I, is. You always go form. for the reach, ladies. Good job, Abby. <laughs> I've, I've witnessed the reach on several dates. Bill comes and, uh, oh, you got it. Oh, you sure? Well, I'll leave tip. No, okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know you were gonna pay. <laughs> I sure. wish there was a smoother way of doing that. <laughs> but see, don't you appreciate the gesture that we don't automatically I assume do. that I do. you got I do it? Appreciate the Isn't gesture. it better than just sitting there like, okay, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll meet back. you at the car. I'll be- <laughs> but but I'll oh, go ahead. No, so I, I feel that with her character and their situation, like, sure, they were, you know, when he said to her, look, we don't have to do anything about this right now. Like, I'll get more money by being in the service and you being my wife. You can do your career and not have to worry about, you know, trying to make a hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks there as he was trying to do during, um, when they were doing that little, mm. yeah, he's going to send her money. Yeah. And then it was revealed that she needed a green card. So it was also, <laughs> it's a win-win. let's keep it real. <laughs> but the fact is, is, is it's not like they don't like each other because yeah. then you cut to them being inside the bathtub, mm-hmm. really taking the moment to get to know one another. And right. I think we've all been in situations where that we've done and we've set certain things in the heat of the moment because it just happens. Maybe not to the extent of getting married, but I think we've all been, we've all said something or, you know, we're just right. in heavy lust and like or love or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you and just sometimes, gotta go with your gut. Yeah, sometimes you just get caught up with it and... Caught you, up. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. There's nothing wrong with yeah. it. So, I'm somewhat defending Abby. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's okay. You're yeah. young, you're in love, whatever. Go yeah. for it. You um, know, what's the worst that can happen? You finally get divorced one day. Right. And then once, and you get your green card. Yeah, and yeah. then once she finally <laughs> wakes up and she realizes what she did, she realizes that she made a mistake. Right. Yeah. But maybe not, you or know? maybe not. At the end of the episode, where she's she on the plane trying to get to Germany? Well, I thought it was really sweet because she was, you know, she does care about him. They do very quickly love one another. 
you know, they decided to stay committed to one another. They are intimate, so it's not a sham. Right. And the fact that, you know, she's sitting there missing him and all this stuff is happening at the complex and she goes to lay down to think about him, there he leaves yet another sweet thing behind for her to kind of have. So I like the idea of the, the, the voice notes. The voice Cute. notes, because, you know, I'm really, oh, I'm really still, bad. I'm still in that. I'm still in that. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, it's I'm already in my repertoire. so <laughs> bad at writing letters. I, I'm like, that's a great idea. Wait, can I just text you my voice memo? <laughs> Honey, I miss you. <laughs> Siri, hook it up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that was really cute. It was really cute. But um, but guys, you can't leave us voice memos if you're watching. But what you can do <laughs> is go to iTunes. And when you get to iTunes, search for the LA Complex After Show. And I want you to leave a comment. Rate five stars, please. Subscribe. And also share with your friends, Facebook, Twitter, uh, message boards, wherever you can. Get the word out. Um, let them know Andre's on this episode. And let them listen to all of our past great episodes. Um, and we're just so excited for the great season we had and the the comments. We're still five stars right now. And the people who have left comments and all of our Twitter fans. And just so appreciative for the support for this show. Um, there's also a podcast app, though. And if you go to uh, to the App Store, um, there's a podcast app that will put all your podcasts into one neat little app. And if your friends aren't necessarily into the L.A. Complex, there's tons of other after shows that AfterBuzz TV has. And the fall lineup just started, so you can check those out. But we want to focus on the L.A. Complex. So even if they don't watch the show, still rate five stars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't forget our YouTube fans. We do appreciate our YouTube fans, too. Um, please continue to leave comments and rate on there. But also go to iTunes. Um, but let's get to the next storyline. Oh, oh, oh. Connor and... <laughs> Hot mess number Connor one. Connor and Charlotte. See, I knew there was something shady about that girl. First of all, <laughs> I mean... He, he, she did him a huge favor. So initially they open what? up with him going... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> you gotta rewind to the first what episode of the two. <laughs> no. Oh, she did my huge favor. <laughs> Shame on all of you. This is not for that sh- this show, at least. Um, no, she did him a huge favor when he got arrested for the arson of, mm-hmm. of burning down his place. She was like, no, I can't let him, you know, go down like this. She tried getting in touch with these Scientology, um, Cynetics, Cyanetics. Cyanetics people to, like, get him out. And, and last minute, she just kind of jumped in there. She's like, I'm just going to go and do it and say that I did the same thing, too. It it helped him because mm-hmm. he was sitting there stumbling in that in that interrogation room. And there right. was no way that he was going to get out of that. Well, then Cyanetics came and saved the day. Yes. And so here, you know, this is stuff that he's introduced to her or no, that she's introduced to him that have helped him grow, that have helped him heal, even though it's not exactly the most sane way about going about things. I prefer a but therapist. But I have to say, it, you know, it is helping his character seem to be more vocal about how he feels. He's not so shut in, and he seems to be a little bit more comfortable within himself. And then she has to go and make out with him. Well, it's the fact that he's never... They've they've never been close in that connect. I mean, it's kind of gross and very incestuous. Kissing, uh, but I mean, is, do you really get that over... I mean, is it possible to get that overwhelmed with, with, with the emotion of your sibling? I get it. They haven't been around each other and whatever, but still, I mean, I don't know. They barely know each other and to throw I love you out there and not barely know anyone can, anybody, be, very, can, can be very confusing. But but, but you, how is it confusing not, to know that that's your brother? I mean, I'm your sister, that's your brother. That's not confusing. You're, you're born to love each other. But not the way not that really. they kissed. Like that. <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did she get confused because to think I, that? Well, let me just say, first of all. I think it's all, cyanetics. 
And then they try to come in like, no, let's separate the two of them. We don't work like that. It's probably them. I've never thought. And I've always thought something was shady with Charlotte's character. Maybe it will be revealed in season three that maybe she's not his real brother. But they, they, they have they the DNA, yeah, they have they the DNA, DNA test. test. They just have a few screws loose. I mean, here you have two people that their parents separated in not the most um, real, not in the. Not but in the she most didn't even remember way. her dad, though. I think her mom was just nuts. Well, she was the she was an infant. she was the baby. So she was she, an infant when when they left. So like you know, here that they had this this big separation. They know about each other, but there's no way they can get in contact with one another. And then while they're going through these this process, like, you know, the mother commits suicide, the father's an alcoholic, Connor deals with the alcoholic, she deals with the death of the mother. There's a lot of damage. There. But I still don't see how that constitutes making it. I, I just died. It doesn't make sense to me. It's I did not see, supposed to. I saw it coming, though, in that scene. I knew she was going to kiss yeah, him. So you could see it, it coming. Yeah. I was watching it. I was watching it at my house with a friend of mine. <laughs> she said, why is she looking at him like that? <laughs> and I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no, you're just imagining things. And, uh, I was trying to downplay it. But then she's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. There's a lot, you know, and maybe Cyanetics is screwing him even looser, you know, like unscrewing them more. But I, I don't know. I just did not like the storyline once this whole sign. Well, now she, yeah. I, just, I never liked the storyline once the Krista Allen character. and I, I like was, the Krista I thought, Allen. I, yeah. I thought the, cyan, the Cyanetics. Um, storyline is freaking awesome. I think it's the best There's ever. So They're getting so into it. So many misconceptions and so many questions about cyanetics. And you know, when you drive down right down the street from here, and you mm-hmm. see the big, the building with the the, the real name on it, mm-hmm. and like when you see them when they approach you on Hollywood Boulevard and they start asking you those personality questions, and it's it's something. It's it's. I don't want to use the word weird because I don't want to offend anybody, but it's it's definitely it's outside of the norm. It's so, unusual method. Yeah, it's never been it's never been explored mm-hmm. on TV before. But I I do agree with you. It is weird because I've had to go into the building and I and I've had to interact with the people and they are very weird. Well, the thing yeah. is, yeah. I do the like they, the, the way they speak to you and ask you questions. Hi, how are you see, doing? I've never, I've never encountered any of them, and that's why I appreciate the storyline. Because even last week, when you guys were telling me you have to pay to get into it, I didn't even know that was part of the process. Mm-hmm. So even living in LA, I didn't know anything about that particular group because I've never actually wanted to explore that group because it oh, they'll, freaked they'll, me out. They'll Give find them you, all, honey. Well, y'all gonna find. Well, me, and huh? then he calls, and then the, 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 the words that they use, and I like how Connor calls them out. You know, what do these words mean? What are you talking about? You know, so it really does dig deep into that religion a little, you know, definitely more than and I've seen on television. And the way we depicted it was actually very accurate because we hired, as a consultant for the show, we hired one of the actual authors of the book they use. Oh. So, like, when you when you see Connor filling out the questionnaires, and those are actual questions, and they're very specific. Damn. And it's it's a big packet of questions that they ask you and so you got to see some real life depiction of, of the types of things that they look they look for. Yeah. Well I'm definitely anxious to see what's going to happen now that they sent her away to where Colorado to some you know 
institute where she can get better and not have these they killed her. negative <laughs> negative <laughs> thoughts. You know, they're going to cleanse her mind so she comes back a better person. This is Good one, luck. This is once again one of those storylines that makes it that much more of a reality mm-hmm. of what happens in Los Angeles. I mean, people read in the tabloids all the time about, you know, all these different celebrities going into these science, you know, Scientology. Uh, let's just say what it yeah. is. Yeah. You know, going to Scientology and people... It was in, nice people, knowing you. <laughs> done. I'm done, right? You said the word. You are done. <laughs> yeah, people like, people like Sweet Emil and, oh, honey, like, seriously. In, in Georgia, they don't know about this kind of crazy. Right. And, and it's not craziness. It's every, like, you know, Every religion is tied, labeled by each individual as crazy. Christianity to because some people. Because we don't understand it. Right. You know, um, Judaism to some people, Scientology to some people. You know, you know the Mormons, like all of that. Jehovah's Witnesses. Like everyone, like, you know, my family would be like, oh my God, a Jehovah's Witness is at the door. <laughs> They're crazy. And it's not still, really that. Don't anybody move. <laughs> we used to do that in my Turn house. The Close the up. curtain. Close the curtain. <laughs> Turn the TV down right quick. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it highlights another thing that we don't understand. Right. And, and people do automatically associate crazy with, if you don't understand it, it's crazy. Yeah, we're not even going to ask questions. It's out. just crazy. Absolutely. Oh, what? Oh, that's, that's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what's out. good about this show. It's opened up your mind about a lot of things, and it helps you understand things yeah. that maybe you didn't want to explore. Right, absolutely. I agree with that, but still didn't. All right. Yeah. Well, let's well, talk about Raquel yeah. then. Raquel. Now, that was crazy. Yes. That, I'm, uh, poor Mark. Poor Mark. We saw this coming, though, in a way. I know, but I didn't see it coming. I didn't see him getting arrested. I didn't see that coming. No, I I thought she was going to get busted. But as far as their whole relationship happening and hookup or whatever that thing was, we all saw that coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But the funny thing was with the whole Raquel thing, um, Raquel and Manny, was that his name? Yeah. The Mm -hmm. dishwasher. Mm -hmm. So he comes in there with his bright yellow pants and... He was looking like Leather Jacket. He was looking like the guy from LAMFO. Yeah. LMFAO mixed with Infinite Jest. Yes. That's what he looked like. Um, But he comes in there, you know, he almost blows the cover. And, you know, Mark begins to get a little suspicious as far as where he's getting all this money from. Because he said exactly, did I give him a raise without knowing? Right. Yeah. And obviously that's causing some tension for Raquel. I mean, he showed up with, like, the DeLorean. He didn't show up with the Ferrari. I know. That's what I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, the car's really old. It's because like, it was an old car. That car, like, straight from 1988. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, fancy car. <laughs> the doors go like this. Exactly. That's the only reason he said something, because the doors went up. That's the only reason he said something. But um, he said it was a used car. We found out to the used car. Like, he did make enough money and you know Raquel was like oh I need a raise from you know your cut because obviously we can afford that you know I need more money <laughs> yeah. I was like it's not really that nice of a car and that was kind of funny that part but it was, of the was funny but, yeah. but it was it was a way for Raquel to up the ante so she right. It, it was alluded that he had more money, so she was like, okay, if you have enough money to, you know, have this fancy car and wear these fancy clothes, then I want... She's an opportunist. Well, she gets bold, and then she comes back later and says, you know, I went out of this because, obviously, Mark's getting suspicious. He's getting closer to Mark, and... Mm-hmm. No, that was after she slept with Mark in right. his office. Uh-huh. So then she's like, okay, I have to cut ties. But another thing was when, when Raquel and Manny had the conversation right outside His the door! Office. Yes, right outside I his know. door! I know, but, you know... Restaurants are you know, noisy. It's noisy they didn't hear anything they're whispering they're good 
They're good. I don't buy that. It was the whole handing over in front of yes, the door. That yes. was not the brightest thing. Well, and the thing with her character, she's been kind of going back and forth with her conscience, you know, this season. It's like she'll do something bad and then she'll rethink it. and then But she'll still do something bad and then she'll rethink it. So maybe she's kind of coming around. And I just, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen now that Mark gets arrested because she and Manny wanted to make some extra cash. I think he's going to start to put two and two together. Two yeah. and two and three. He has and to. I mean, yeah. the guy, the, the older gentleman right. complaining about she swiped the credit oh, yeah. card twice. And then he's, if you notice, he saw the thing in mm-hmm. the bag as they were putting it into, um, right. I but, forget what that's called. But you into also, the evidence yeah. bag. Yes. Yeah. But you also have to remember Raquel, she's very good at covering her tracks. So will she either. But she's like, what, the only bartender at, you know, at some, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. time of the day? But will she, will she come, will she fess up? Or will she lie her way out of it? They'll so be able to kinda, figure it out. Yeah. They'll figure it out somehow. But um, let's talk about Connor and Raquel, though, and the whole movie premiere. The trailer. So cute. I think they did a great job with that. And yeah. our favorite band was playing. <laughs> We're not fans of the band. No? Mm-mm. I got, I got is it. not fans. I got, it. Not a fan. <laughs> I got to admit. I got to admit. I know Martin, when he, when he wrote the script and he, he thought to have a house band, this is the band that he originally had in, in mind. I'm more partial to the the band we have from season one. Yeah, I thought they were awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I, have to, I have to agree. This band annoys me. Hate to say it, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was nice to see the movie trailer and see that finally come into fruition. And it yeah. actually looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised, and you know, I can't wait to see where that storyline goes. But also, we saw that Connor and Raquel still obviously have a thing for each other. Oh, of course they do. Right. And the fact that Connor was honest about you know he took the bandages off. She's like, well, "What happened to you?" And he was like. I used to burn myself. Man, like a week ago, still, he used to burn himself. I don't anymore. Right. So he's there's been a lot of growth with him. They're obviously still attracted to one another. And the fact that they did this trailer together, and it looked really amazing. And, you know, as much as we were kind of like, what's up with these USC students and mm-hmm. their little project? But it really showed that side of the entertainment industry of... You know, these these college kids come out here, they go to film school, they go to to all these lengths to become directors and producers and stuff like that, that now here they got to highlight that and, yeah. and show that yeah. some people can be successful while doing it. On their things. own, doing it gorilla style, it can still look nice. Gorilla yes, you know? style. Because when you have skills, you have skills. Exactly. And, you know... Speaking of skills, we have to get into your storyline. Wow. It was just, I mean, twists and turns and so many things. And tears. Oh, my gosh. Lots of tears. Lots of tears. Oh, Who yeah. cried? Who cried? I, Let's be I, honest. I cried. Raise of the hands. Who I cried? cried? I cried. I, I did. You know you cried. Okay, I teared up. All right, all right. I teared up. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, man, we don't cry. We, we tear up. <laughs> no, but even after this show, though, I feel like that's not even that's not even relevant anymore because this kind of helps you explore. Like, you don't have to be this tough character like, all right, the time. Right, yeah. I mean, it, that's the great thing because... It, it goes through all of those emotions. We see, you know, you struggle with it. And, I mean, and this whole, you know, since the relationship with Shriek, we've kind of seen you come out, you know, more, the character kind of be a little bit more, like, centimeter by centimeter, being more and more yeah. comfortable being who he is. Right. And just holding hands in the hospital, like, in the waiting room, like, outside the hospital door, I thought was a big step. Yeah. Just, you know, step. doing that. Yeah. I mean, this, for the most part, this, this season was um, more so about... Um, redemption for Cal- for Caldrick. You know, one of the challenges was how can this this animal who did such a such a horrible thing to the person that he loves, how can he come back in a in a positive light, you know, for this season. So I like I said, I, I tip my hat to, to Martin and, and Brandon and the rest of the writers, um, because they did a great job of redeem let Caldrick redeem himself. Like mm-hmm. 
episode by episode in, until the finale, and people like were actually like empathetic with Caldrick. They fell for him. Nobody felt anything bad for Caldrick when when Tariq left and said he wanted to go back to Montreal and, mm-hmm. and he was crying saying don't please don't leave nobody felt for him everybody's like that's what you get right but now you know people are you know sympathetic and, and, and right well we have a question from one of our Twitter followers um, that's at Boy Marvel and he was wondering like what was that the whole point of the switch between the main character being going from Tariq to, to your character Cal's character to show that redemption and to kind of drag that storyline out longer no, no, not at all. Realistically speaking, for for our writers pride themselves on on giving a real real life depiction mm-hmm. of things that occur in Los Angeles. So it would be somewhat fake. I mean, mm-hmm. for what it is, if Caldrick beat up Tariq and then Tariq comes back and says, "I'll take you back," right, right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that wouldn't be realistic. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be realistic, you have to. You have to show wholeheartedly the journey that Caldrick has to go on in order to get to the point where he can have a meeting with Tariq and say, hey, that's who I used to be. I'm not like that anymore. I'm sorry I hurt you. I wish I could take it back. I can't, but I'm just, you know, right. it, has to, it has to be a journey to get to that point because those words will fall on deaf ears if he just went back right after, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the, it would have you know, been too easy. I was going to say, that's what happened to me last week. I was so upset with how that happened. But then when we, we talked to uh, Gerard last week mm-hmm. um, and I was, or I had to deal with, I should say, <laughs> the fact that you moved on to this lawyer, dude, because we all got invested in Tariq Cal's yeah. situation. People were treating, people were treating his, his name is Christopher on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People were treating Christopher like you guys were alluding to Beth. It's like, oh, is this? I don't like, I don't, he up to something. <laughs> well, I don't trust him. Even on our YouTube comments <laughs> from last week's episode, there's so many people who are saying, oh my God, we hate your character and all stuff. But at the same time, what we talked about last week is the fact that Cal is growing and what he did to Tariq was horrible, but Tariq helped him grow. And he even said that Tariq, you helped me grow. And he has to move on with his life and this new guy. But do you think do you think that your character moved on too quickly? That's debatable, but but not really, because Caldrick didn't seek out Christopher. Caldrick was in a situation where this kid, Infinite Jess, was doing ridiculous things to get his attention, and it just so happens that his lawyer was Christopher, who just so happens to be gay, who just so happens to had some kind of some kind of hint that Caldrick may be gay, and came on to him. Caldrick didn't pursue him, so it was one of those kind of things that he somewhat fell into that situation. Oh. I but, it, say- but I think, but it was a positive situation for him because the way Christopher's character is is somewhat the opposite of Tariq. Christopher don't take the BS right. that Caldrick puts out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's confident in who he is. He's comfortable with his skin, his sexuality, much like Tariq was, but on a more mature level. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very grown the way he carries himself. Yeah, and I was going to say, and one of the things that I do like about uh, Chris's character is he's very... He ba- he puts you in your place, yeah. and you kind of and I get a sense that your character kind of likes it because you're challenged. You know, you're this big rap star, and no one talks to Cal, you know, any kind of way. And I think that right. your character kind of likes that because he's different than from your other relationships, whether if it's a guy or girl. I don't think he. I don't. I wouldn't say he more so likes that. He respects it. Okay. You earn. You earn a person mm-hmm. like Caldrick. You earn his respect, and and you have him. Well, one of the things that I really like about this show is the fact that 
it's not always the series regulars who have the breakout performances. And this last episode, what I really enjoyed was Donna's performance when she discovered mm. that mm-hmm. that you were gay. Now, we and I we debated this because we watched it and we actually we we we, we um we rewatched it a, a couple times. I didn't quite. He said, I, he was like, I caught it, I caught it. But I had to rewind it a couple of times where there was a thing where um, when Donna walks in and you hold her hand and then as soon as Christopher um, comes threw in, away. You, mm-hmm. th- you threw it away. But I didn't think that was like a blatant sign that but she figured out, oh, my God. It oh, was too- Christopher walks up with like two sandwiches right. and, and the, the, the whole, it's it was, just, it was, everything, it was a total moment. moment. But why couldn't they just be? It wasn't just a friend's thing, not the way uh, they were looking no, at no, each no, other. No, 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 that was pretty, that was pretty blatant. Yeah. If your friend came up, if my, my best guy friend came up, there's no reason why I would stop holding this girl's hand immediately like that. Mm-hmm. And and basically stop talking. Right. Caldrick clammed up. He's like. <laughs> this is this is Donna. You could tell. Yeah, it was definitely if you if awkward. You tell, there was tension. We didn't do our jobs. It's just like when you get caught yeah. cheating. You know, this is oh, this. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't know. <laughs> I don't cheat. Throw you don't the cheat. <laughs> I don't date. <laughs> no, I mean, it was there was there was definitely an awkward tension in that you know little triangle there for a second. I saw. So. That, I noticed it was awkward, but I didn't think that. And plus, you know, we have good intuition about things. You know, women, you, no, we you can don't. sense things. Something's just Just not because right. we don't necessarily want to believe it sometimes doesn't yeah. mean we don't sense it. And when Christopher came around the corner, Christopher didn't come around the corner like, hey, who's this? Christopher came around the corner like, yeah. He did kind of uh, give her the look like. He looked, yeah. yeah. He yeah. gave her, he gave her the, the, he sized the, her up. the stink eye. We like, call it the stink uh, eye. <laughs> like, who are you? Who's yeah, this? exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they, I hope they got that. <laughs> Hoppo, who is woman? <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. Another thing, though, on a more serious note, with your father's death and that whole situation, you know, before even before that, we predicted. I know a couple. of of us predicted that he was going to die but we were trying to figure out whether or not you were going to tell him that you were gay or your character was gay before that happened and you know there was a point like I started tearing up in the, the first time you were in the room when I thought you were going to tell him and then you didn't I was like oh man that was a tease and then the second time when you found out that he had another stroke I thought maybe you are going to tell him then but then you didn't why do you think Cal because I remember uh, the abyss you told the abyss yeah but how, how can he yeah your dad he wanted to tell him when he initially had the stroke, he wanted to tell him, and he was going to tell him. For whatever reason, couldn't couldn't bring himself to do it. Maybe he saw the pain in his dad's eyes. His, the dad had the, the tear going down, you know, down his face. It's hard to give somebody bad news yeah. when, than when they're on their deathbed, especially the second time he he relapsed and his condition was was worse. Especially when he can't talk or react yeah, or anything. Well, you know, that's kind is, of after the second stroke though. There was no brain. Function. Yeah, there was no time. So he would have never really quite heard it anyway. And it would have made and it would not have made sense for him to just say it, although his dad couldn't hear because you remember when he told the the guy at the um. The, the 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 guy who was oh, who at never the church, spoke, yeah. church. Or at the you know he place, got off his yeah. chest he said something to him because he he knew that he wasn't going to tell anybody so it wouldn't have really made sense for him to tell his dad right. when his dad clearly can't hear or you know he and it was, may, process it, it may have yeah. also been a, a situation where you don't want to taint if somebody's leaving leaving this this place and going on to so you know a better a better space you may not necessarily want to taint their memories right. Of, Right. Let them yeah. be, you know, yeah. you know, and, and the only person who's going to hurt is Caldrick. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just got to just bite that bullet and just 
Yeah. Take it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. before we get to that emotional letter, I want to talk about the comeback of the year. Rook. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh my Comeback gosh! Comeback of the year. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, when, when we when Rook, when um when Big Sleeps was here, mm-hmm. you know, I it's, I kind of questioned sometimes his motives, right. A little bit, and then you could truly see that he that was his best friend, that was his boy. He looked out for him, and and when you were in in the hospital and you was like, you know, do the drop and basically get out of my face, and Rook was like pleading, like I want to look out for you, like he wanted to protect him. Well, there's a powerful moment there too when he asked. If he, he watched the tape and Rook said, "You know, I've, I've known you since yeah, that was, after yeah. I was basically, four. Basically, I've yeah. known you. You're gay since right. before. That was that, that was, was yeah. that man. Those those last two days of filming, I swear, emotionally draining is an understatement. I mean, just you know, and and I'm I'm not a very I'm not a very emotional person, so it's it's hard for me to get to that emotional space. But the hospital scenes, just they uh, the tears, just kept kept flowing just coming in just kept going and i was a i was a mess so i mean it was but that that moment when he said i've known you since you were four mm-hmm. well i also like how caldrick called him out on why did he took it in the first place right. yeah taking the hard, the hard drive. drive right but i thought he took it because he was looking out since he already knew that caldrick was caldrick uh-uh. had it under control he wasn't Cal- gonna let he, that get out caldrick hurt him yeah. He hurt him when he basically chose Walter over yeah. him in his eyes. That that cut him deep. So he was like, you know what? If if because he was there when the whole where's the hard drive conversations were mm-hmm. happening. So he, you know, in a sense, he's like, okay, well, if this hard drive is so important to Caldrick that he's going through these great links to get it back, I'm gonna take that. You know, I got leverage. Mm-hmm. So he he took it knowing mm-hmm. knowing what he was doing. I just got a a tweet. Someone says that they think that Rook was in love with you. What? Yeah, I, I, I see that all the time. I don't think that was. The, I don't think that was either. I think it was I more of love, like a brotherly love. love. love on, yeah. a, on a yeah. brotherly love. I don't think so either. Yeah, I yeah. think it was more You're wrong, of that. Sorry. And he was, <laughs> and he was just jealous because he felt like he stepped in when your dad didn't, and then for you to choose your dad over him, he. I think it was just as simple as a kid being yeah. hurt, and so he acted out, and he took that to be mean. He said it. He said, you know. He said, "My my mom's raised him more yeah, than you did, right? You know." And then he's looking at Cal. like, "You gonna pick him over me?" Mm-hmm. Cal yeah. like, "I'm not trying to pick anybody. I'm just trying to make things right with my dad." And you know, you my boy, you're family too. But you know, if this you shouldn't feel have, like you to have, have to be a choice. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have to yeah. be a pick me over him type of situation. Well, now it's just turned into this such emotional thing because you know you just lost your father and you're basically kicking him out of your life still. Yeah. With or without your dad around, so he can't blame it on your dad anymore. It's it's the relationship between the two of you, and he doesn't seem to be handling it very well. No, I mean he cost you five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Five million dollars. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> Although I do think that it was gonna something if if um if Rook didn't cause that ordeal, I think at some point it still would have. You know, well, that out. kid was definitely going to keep taunting and taunting and taunting until, you know, right. there was something of substance to happen. I just, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I couldn't justify the five million. I mean, I, especially blackmail's blackmail. And why was there no papers or anything signed? Like they gave the money and then they just walked away. You don't like, need any I, evidence what, of that, what do you, though. What, do you, what, do you, what kind of contract do you sign? <laughs> I have no idea. I promise like, not to say anything. Yeah, there's no <laughs> about... contract to be signed. It's like, like, like Stone said, we just got to take his word. 
Because it's not supposed to exist anyway. Yeah. So you can't write a contract about something that's not supposed to be I just there. Think that, I just think that, like I said, I, I always give the praise to the writers to start with. But I just think it was it was phenomenal to bring that aspect into the show because now all of a sudden our show has went into a whole different mm-hmm. stratosphere that mm-hmm. we have not ever been in before. Somebody's been killed. You know, we yes. we have murder. So now we have murder suspension. Like it, it roll, rolling into you know we'll, we'll talk it into existence. Rolling into season three. Yeah, yeah. Like who's 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 to blame? Is Caldrick gonna be taken in possession? Because because think about it. The last time anybody saw Infinite Jess, he was having beef with Caldrick. And then if somebody if he told somebody about this blackmailing scheme, yeah. if he said it to anybody, it's all gonna fall back on you. Yeah. But on the upside, though, you still you have Christopher there as a witness. You were at the hospital. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's set up so it could definitely be this whole whirlwind thing. But uh, we obviously we could ha- we could have a, a, a Dallas who shot Jay. Yes. Uh-oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I definitely was not expecting that at the end for Rook to go to, you know, to Infinite Jess house and shoot him was a crazy twist of events for me. I, I wasn't surprised by it, honestly. Mm-hmm. No? Now, no. I was I mean, surprised. I was, I was definitely surprised. I, wasn't, I didn't think he was going to kill the boy, but I, de- I was expecting to. I mean, maybe something. hurt him, but yeah. I didn't think he was going to no, murder like, him. Like, like in the scene, I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. We already beat him up. N- right. Now what? Now we're killers? Yeah, really? Yeah. Are we? Well, and, gonna, even with that, though, going to the, the final thing, well, before the whole shooting with the, the letter... That yeah. you wrote. Now that was a, a really powerful scene, obviously was, for numerous reasons. That I, was deep. My yeah, goodness, that was really it was deep. quiet in the room. We had some people in mm. the studio with us. I don't think they were crying because they don't really watch the I show. Was. But we, we were. Yeah, I heard Marion back there sniffling. But it was really an emotional moment because you know it's one of those things. Like you said, you couldn't tell your father's. So I'm going to write to you, and you being, I'm assuming the fans, yeah. just everyone. And yeah. it it goes back to. I remember we came back for this season um, for the premiere show. I said, you know. This season is different because since uh, season one wrapped, Frank Ocean came out um, as bi, and he did that publicly on his mm-hmm. website. And so we saw that similar to what you did on, or Cal did on his website. Yeah, yeah we both yelled out, Frank Ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, but it e- was, even with the similarities, though, this was way more complex because absolutely. we got to see the behind the scenes of what he really had to deal yeah. with. And knowing the fact that, I don't think it was just his father's death that motivated the fact that his father died it was the fact that you know chris is pushing his new direction to be a man and um, everything that happened with Tariq, just all of it at once coming to lies. a head yeah he wants to be out in the open like he he's tired like right. he's he's it's been exhausting. through so much yeah extremely exhausting yeah. and you saw the views as soon as he sent it i mean the the views the flashbacks know. and like all that just kind of yeah. laid out your life and it yeah. was it was a very powerful thing and especially in like not going to the media but just posting on your site is a much more personal thing to mm. do as yeah. an artist and you know i think that has a, a much more of a an impact that that particular scene you guys have no idea the hundreds i i literally my twitter i had a thousand mentions over a thousand mentions after the episode aired and most of them were people giving their personal testimony saying that letter spoke my words that i wish i can come out and say Mm -hmm. there's there's thousands probably hundreds of thousands millions of people possibly who are living the type of lifestyle that Caldrick King has to live that, you know, being on the DL and, and not being able to be open with their sexuality. And I mean, it's just, for me, I, I couldn't even imagine like the responsibility that I had before I took this role 
and now to see it on screen, it man, that was that scene itself was so powerful and, and it touched so many people. Well, I think also it doesn't necessarily um, only appeal to people that are hard and and living, uh, you know, the, the life on the DL. That across the board for many people yeah. can relate to that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially here. I mean, I see it with many of the girls that I work with. They live the biggest lies in the entire planet. Can't be who they are. This so is, it applies yeah. across the board to so many people that, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that hit, it, it, struck, I mean, it struck a chord. It's yeah. just, it, it it's it's a great show. It's really important. We're excited, excited, and very hopeful for a season three. We can't, you know. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with us no again. I mean, me. we're so excited to see where your character goes yeah. and what happens, and you know, with with all of it. Do you have, you know, any idea of what's going to be with season three at all? Any kind of rumblings or anything yet? Nothing, nothing so far, but. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Mr. Fuller, Mr. Dre Fuller at Twitter, and mm-hmm. I'll keep you guys posted as soon as I find out anything. Awesome. And where can we find you guys at? You can find me, Miriam Gonzalez. <laughs> Bam Erickson. And me, Kelly with an IE 079. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. And guys, once again, please don't forget to go to iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe. And we just have to thank you once more for coming in at the last minute. No and problem. We were definitely surprised. It was a great finale. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for all your Twitter yeah. questions. Yeah. I'm sorry we couldn't get through all of them. There's just two episodes, too much to talk about. But, you know, leave us comments on iTunes and we'll make sure to try to get them answered for you. Continue the conversation after the after yes, show. Yes, and tell all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but we love you guys. Thank you for a great season. And hopefully, no, we will see you for season three yes, of yes, LA Complex. Yes, we will. Put the Putting it out there. Out Good there. vibes. I predict, yes. I predict. <laughs> From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. 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 The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.